and welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are faculty and faculty developers at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And we are so excited to be here on today. We are focusing on a question that I'm sure many instructors have asked themselves in some point in their career. And the question that we are asking today is, am I effective? And Tanisha, we're asking this question because you and I have both thought of this question recently. Yes. And for our next few episodes, we're going to be posing a question like this one. And while we do not think we can answer it fully, we're just going to explore the question a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Today is about exploration. And so I'm going to start, Tanisha. Okay, great. with, With you. Yes. When you ask yourself that question... How do you respond or what evidence do you gather in order to respond? That's a, it's such a big question to me. Am I effective? And there's, there are different things that I use to, to try to get a sense of my effectiveness. Uh, one of it, one of the ways I try to do that is like through assessment. So quizzes, like for example, if, if there's an area where my students are struggling in their quizzes, I'll, see if there's anything I can do to try to help them to improve their their quiz scores. I also do it through student evaluations, so paying attention to the feedback that my students give me that can help me to become a more effective instructor. And then also just evaluations from, you know, peers or my department chair. Those are some of the the things that I use to try to get a sense of am I effective? And even with all of those tools, I still don't feel like I can really answer that question because part of me feels like effectiveness is kind of in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could nail everything and nail everything out the park, like student eval on point, right? Quizzes on point, evaluations from my department chair on point. But then there's just that one student who's like, yeah, no, she's, She's not effective, right? <laughs> and I can't control that. Yeah, and what do you do with that? What do you do with that? You yeah. know, the the one or two students who are like, or five, I mean, who knows how many there are out there who say that, you know, I'm not effective. I don't know, but I, I try to use the tools to the best of my ability to mm-hmm. try to create a learning environment that that works for my students. So that's mm-hmm. that's all I can really ask for myself. But it's, it's definitely a hard hard question to answer. Yeah. And there's another piece of that too. And we're both in this right now. And that is the faculty evaluation plan. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that uh, process that we use at Glendale in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. And Tanisha and I are both in the year one of what is a three-year cycle or, or can be a three-year cycle. Mm-hmm. So you and I both made goals Right. For the next three years. Yep. And then we will get to evaluate ourselves Mm -hmm. as to how we've done. So Mm -hmm. that might be another tool that we can use to determine, am I effective? Although in that tool, we'll have things like student evaluations. Right. And we'll have a little committee of colleagues that work with us and hopefully give us honest and fair feedback. Right. Right. 
So there's different measures mm-hmm. that we have. There's different ways to assess it. Uh, some traditional, some non-traditional. I feel like what I what I listed is more of the traditional mm-hmm. way that we evaluate. Mm-hmm. The FEP is something that's special for here in our district. That's just something that we do. I, I'm sure that's not a practice for every campus, but but that's kind of the methods that we have when it comes to whether or not uh, to trying to answer that question, which I find to be helpful, but it only gives us so much information. Well, and I think one of the, uh, a a previous conversation, conversation that you and I had was that, you know, maybe there are different factors that we're looking at now that maybe, four years ago, we didn't look at as much, right? Mm-hmm. So are we effective? Like, what are we effective in and what does effective mean? Are we effective? Right. Are, are we looking at just how we convey information to students and help them mm-hmm. learn it? Mm-hmm. Um, or is there, like, we could probably do that all day till we're blue in the face, but mm-hmm. is there more, right? Mm-hmm. If if that student is needing some kind of other support mm-hmm. and we don't pick up on that or we don't find out about it and we're not doing what we can to help, does that also play into how we evaluate ourselves as being effective or not? That's a good question. I think I think it you you're you're pointing to something that I think for the most part I don't think we always think about when it comes to our effectiveness, right? Because uh, I feel like what I listed are like data points, right? Like mm-hmm. that's evidence. But what about those other things, right, that you kind of just brought up? Like, for example, a student who needs additional support and providing that additional support to the student. Am I effective in doing in supporting them in that way? So... I think those are really interesting things to think about and consider when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just even something like educating a student or students about the food pantry. Right. Right. Informing them of the resources that we have here on campus. Are we being effective in that way? Right. It's not, and it's not a quiz. It's not, an evaluation. It's, it's like, not about the content of the course. Yeah, it's being that person, that hub of information and right. being able to share those resources with others. So I think in the last couple of years, I've thought about that a little bit more um, because uh, as as you know, Tanisha, and maybe our listeners know or don't know, um, we do get emails uh, each semester that tell us our student success data uh, yes. based on our classes. And um, that's that's been the last few semesters. So we're getting kind of a, we're getting a view of our classroom that's, that's a backing up and looking at just how our students are succeeding based on their grades. Mm-hmm. Um, not anything else. Mm-hmm. So I think those numbers have been on my mind. And as we know, students have really struggled mm-hmm. in the last few semesters. Yes. And we've tried to really make a push here to turn those numbers around. 
Yes. Um, with varying degrees of success. Yes. Um, but I think personally for me, it would be hard to feel effective at my job if those numbers were all I was looking at. Mm-hmm. If I didn't take into consideration um, smaller moments that my students have of learning where they actually do demonstrate to me that they suddenly get something or they got something that was really helpful to their process. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach composition, so, you know, to their, maybe to their writing process. Right. I have to take those small moments and sort of add them up, you know, and use it as, well, that small moment may not make it into a student evaluation at the end of a semester. Right. But I found out about it, so I need to somehow, you know, put it into the calculation of am I effective? Right. Then you can make it a part of. I, I've been, I've been thinking about this topic. I've been marinating on it for, for several days now. And one of the things I thought about when it comes to effectiveness is, when it comes to effectiveness, I I think of like a puzzle. When it comes to effectiveness, if y'all don't know, I, I like to do puzzles. Like if, if you happen to slip into my social media feeds, you might see me doing a puzzle every It's been a while since I've done a puzzle. But if you know me, I, I like to say every day I'm puzzling. But um, it's one of those things where I was thinking about effectiveness as a puzzle mm-hmm. and how we have just different pieces of data and how one piece of the puzzle is not going to give you the whole picture right so yes we have the student success data but that's only one piece of the puzzle on whether or not you're effective there's all these other components that we have to consider right like for example giving students information on the food pantry mm-hmm. um, maybe there's the unknown stuff right like the you tell a story in class and Somehow that story is that student's aha moment and that concept makes it makes sense to them because of the fact that you took the time to put those pieces together. So I think when we're thinking about effectiveness, we can't just focus on that one puzzle piece because that one puzzle piece does not give us a complete picture. We have to look at several pieces and then try to bring those pieces together to see if we are being effective. And if there are pieces that are not working with our picture, then we kind of probably need to maybe move them around and adjust to make sure that we create a clear picture. So when I think about this topic, I think about those, those puzzle pieces. So I'm going to give you four categories of puzzle pieces because I just spoke to my co-director, Megan Kennedy, and she's been a guest on our, our podcast before. And she shared with me the four lenses for critical reflection that she and Dr. Jennifer Lane talk about in our Reimagine project here at GCC. And this comes from Stephen Brookfield's book, Becoming a Critically Reflective Teacher. And so the four lenses are self, student, peer, and scholarly. So when, you know, reflecting on how we're doing and evaluating ourselves, being able to maybe categorize some of those pieces into those four areas. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about all of those just now. The one that we didn't discuss that I didn't hear come up is scholarly, which is maybe thinking about, are we using best practices? What are those best practices? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I engage in those? Am I using sound pedagogy to help my students learn? Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's like those pieces, 
like what you laid out makes me think of buckets mm-hmm. now. Like, what are you putting in your buckets? Mm-hmm. And are you using those contents to make sense of things? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I guess when you think about effectiveness, you can think about a puzzle or you can think about a bucket. It's <laughs> buckets. It's whatever makes sense to you. Uh, it's kind of looking at, at these different pictures and these different pieces. So I, I want to come back to one thing that we just talked about a little bit ago, which was, you know, gathering up some of those little moments that happen mm-hmm. where we know we succeeded somehow. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about this in light of I hope I'm going to tie all, tie this together, but I'm thinking of of that kind of connection with students and relationship with students in light of AI. Mm. Um, so whereas students could question AI and get a response for any number of things, um, asking that question, am I effective, and thinking about it in 2023 also makes me think how... How am I effective with students and how are my, how am I connecting with them in ways that AI can't? Mm -hmm. And then does that mean that I can be effective in some ways that this um, other technology isn't capable of doing? Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just questioning my place as a teacher Mm. um, in general which has happened a couple of times in my career. Mm. Um, but I think you and I had talked about the things that humans can offer other humans, like belonging right, or empathy or compassion. Right. You know, these are things that we can also provide to our students where we might say, yeah, I'm effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And I agree. Like I, you know, just thinking about a, AI and relationships. I feel like that is something we can offer in the classroom. It's, I feel like, I guess for me personally, I feel like AI can only give you so much. Like I don't feel like I can build a relationship with AI on the same level as, you know, like a teacher or even colleagues. You know, it if if I worked with AI twenty four seven and that was just my job, it's just I just work with AI. I don't think it would have that depth that we're looking for. And I think that's something that students are not students, but teachers are very effective in is that they are really effective in building those relationships in the classroom and building that sense of connection and building that sense of belonging and Students having that sense of belonging and connectedness, I think, is one of the things that that really contributes to the learning because of the fact that there is that connection there. Like, I feel like like a teacher's ability to remember students' names. I know that sounds really simple, but the ability to remember students' names, but also remember individual things about them that that can be a part of the conversation when you are working through the lessons, right? So. I feel like you can't necessarily get that through AI. And I think that's why teachers can be extremely effective because of those relationships that they build. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of been, <laughs> been on my mind lately, just thinking about AI and relationships and 
you know, the bonds of friendship and family and, you know, even in the workplace, especially in the academic setting, it really, 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 really makes a difference and and contributes to that effectiveness. Well, we're not going to answer the question today. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. But we, we did want to think about it because it has, it, it has been on our minds. We've had some conversations about it. Yes. And, you know, higher education is changing a little it bit. I feel like everything I say is an understatement right now. But um, it, it, it's just something that we're thinking about and I think we're going to think about for a while. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to be marinating on this mm-hmm. tonight, tomorrow. <laughs> so, so to our listeners, feel free to leave a comment uh, on our blog. You know what? What do you use to tell whether or not you're effective? What are the pieces that you're considering um, in order to answer that question? Yeah, I think that's something to really think about. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it now. (laughs) And thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate our audience that we have out there listening to Two Profs in a Pod. Um, Some of our more seasoned listeners, we appreciate you. Our newer listeners, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Now, if you enjoyed listening to this conversation and want to join in, please feel free to connect with us on Twitter. Follow at Two Profs in a Pod or leave a comment on our blog at twoprofsinapod.blogspot.com. Remember, spell out the number two. Other ways to show your support, subscribe in your favorite podcast app, write a review on Apple Podcasts, or tell your colleagues about the show. Now, Two Profs in a Pod is hosted by Beth Ayers, English faculty, and Tanisha Baca, communication faculty. The show is brought to you by the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Engagement, at Glendale Community College in Arizona. Thanks for listening.